Hello and welcome to Balance City with your host, me, moi, Danielle. We're going to talk all about the juicy stuff, about relationships, about business, about mental health, all the things when it comes to the journey of life, right? And what you'll see along the way is no one's perfect. We all have our shit, (laughs) to be frankly honest. And I am so thankful that you're here to be on this journey with me. And I'm going to have some epic guests sharing their story. And I just cannot wait to get this started. So let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. And today I am sitting down with Tamara. Tamara, I met in Clubhouse, which a lot of my interviews have been through because- I know, right? I too. It's it's been incredible. And if you're not on the app, I really, really suggest you get on it because you're really missing out on some incredible insight and incredible humans. So Tamara, I'm going to pass you the mic and you kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I love Clubhouse too. It's been a, ma- a massive um, trajectory shift for my business in the last year. And so definitely if you're an entrepreneur or into the self-help or development space, personal and professional growth are kind of my wheelhouse. Um, they have been for several years. I was an entrepreneur through my 20s and on into my 30s. And there was a shift and a break for a while. And I say that figuratively and literally because I broke my entrepreneurial streak for about three years. And in that pause became an ordained minister and uh, seek just the understanding of who I was and not instead of striving, which most of my 20s was for, uh, I ended up finding a pause in order to really find out who I was, how I wanted to serve in the world and not doing it for the people-pleasing or the accolades anymore. And so my titles shift, and now I get to serve people through a place of uh, purpose activation, which is all about identity work and then brand and business. So my, my kind of MO, if you will, is being brand and then business rather than business first and then find out who you are later. Because often when you do it that way, my hand is risen for anybody listening. (laughs) I did it that way. And I learned the hard way that there is a crash and burn that comes on the other side of it. So that's a bit about me in a nutshell, very fast. (laughs) No, I love it. And what, what kind of attracted me to you was like, you have this light about you when you speak. And everybody that kind of listens to you is just like, they listen, they're intentive and they like, they want to hear what you have to say. So what kind of intrigued me was you call yourself a faith business coach. So kind of go into that. I know you're very faith based. Um, but I mean, for somebody, cause I am, I'm, I'm half Catholic and half Jewish. So like I say I'm mixed cause I am not, <laughs> <Love that. laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pizza bagel. <laughs> so I wasn't raised Anyway, really, I didn't go to church. I didn't go to temple. I didn't do all that. But I want to. I want to hear from you, kind of, why you call yourself that and whatnot. Yeah, this is a great question, and I love that. I think I'm mixed too, <laughs> right? And so I think everyone really is. And I think if you stand or err in the side of spirituality, then we're all connected. Um, if you don't believe in a higher power. That's a harder conversation to have because I feel like you're you're missing a, a component of self, that spirit, that energy, that frequency understanding that you hear people talking about. You're basically eliminating that um, to say that you 
from as a science perspective, understand those things. And so the reason I believe that I would say I partner with you in being mixed is I come from a faith background. I come from a Christian lens. Um, my husband is also uh, raised Catholic. And then I have aunts and uncles and a huge component of my family who I love very much who are also Jewish. And so um, we share in that. And I, I really believe that there is a component to so many different religions that play in parallel to one another. Obviously, Judaism and Christianity, very much so in sync. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, when I stepped back into the entrepreneurial journey, I had a totally different lens on my purpose. I didn't even really know what the language purpose or calling or any of that mission-driven, none of that in my 20s. I was mission-driven, but towards money mm-hmm. and success and titles and labels, and none of it really had any weight to it or foundation. And so when I stepped back into this realm and I was at the completion of my ordination and minister's licensing, I asked my pastor at the time, like, I still feel called to be in the marketplace. I still feel called to be an entrepreneur. And I had not at that point in my career had or seen any mentors that were in their faith also practicing good foundational principles of outward expression of their faith within their business. And so he gave me this one line, and I've said it over and over again, is God will give you grace for your space. Mm-hmm. And that you don't have to be a Christian anything, but you are in your heart of hearts that thing, or you can display it publicly. And that's kind of your way of showing up to life. And so I knew because I had done it the other way for so long and it ended up so wrong. And I'll be vulnerable in, in the fact that I lost two businesses um, and it was One was a brick and mortar and online experience, which I just sold to my partner at the time. And the other is still a global uh, company that's doing really well, but I had to lay it down. And I had to lay it down because I was working 60 to 70 hour work weeks with a nine month old at the time and an almost two year old. And my husband and my kiddos were to the wayside of every decision. And um, I got let the speed, the American dream, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, the rat wheel, get the best of me. I was uh, cultivating a business with a bunch of young 20-year-olds. I was 29 at the time and living in a supersonic experience that was suppressing and coping every other thing that was quote unquote hard in my life. And so when I laid that down in order to pursue what I believe will be my gravestone one day um, with the with the truth that I want it to say, um, I don't think that entrepreneur is on people's gravestone. And mm-hmm. that's what would have been on mine. And that for me wasn't what I wanted. I always dreamed of being a mom. I always dreamed of being a wife. And so I chose that. And during that season, still had that drawing and yearning towards serving in the entrepreneurial way because my brain and vision and uh, energy wouldn't let me sit at just being at home. And so um, when I stepped back into that realm, I knew that I wanted to do it based on the lessons that I had learned. And I believe your purpose is cultivated in understanding your pain and understanding your passion and then blending together how you transformed from point A to point B. That's what how I think you define purpose and understanding that purpose is an evolution. It's not a finite space because I'm going to learn something hard today. 
And it's going to be either a good choice or a bad choice or just an is choice, um, something that occurs in our in our everyday life. And I'm going to evolve and my purpose is going to evolve because of it. So um, I think that it's not about uh, anything other than the words I always say of always becoming. And I wanted faith to be a part of that because it's who I am. I have like chills. I think that, that was amazing. And so going towards what you kind of, um, with your family and being a mama and being a wife, what kind of tips could you give to those fellow entrepreneurs dealing with that business hustle and that family hustle? Cause I, if yeah. I recall, I know I, I, I think you spoke about your little situation with, with what you had to deal with. So kind of go through that. Yeah, a thousand percent. So I am totally anti-hustle culture because of my testimony. And so I believe it all has to do with heart, but I actually have a uh, anti-hustle joy zone that I like to stay in. And, and this is an experience that I've cultivated over the last five years of staying within my joy, even as an entrepreneur and not letting the pressures, especially societal pressures, fall um, into play anymore, understanding my identity, right? And so mm-hmm. this is kind of the 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 model that I do that by. Uh, first, it's heart, making sure that I'm aligned with where I hope to go and where God has drawn me to be. Um, that's really where the faith nugget stays. Then it's uh, home. And home is my nucleus. That is my husband and my baby. So if you want to look at it with a different phraseology, a lot of people are like, God first and then family, right? And even with family, the prioritization of my home is husband first, kids second. And as a mom, especially when you have littles who they need you all day long for (laughs) everything. They want your attention and they need your attention more than your husband does. However, if that continues to happen and that persists, because then it becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. What happens to your husband when your children go off to school and you have no relationship? And that is when divorce has skyrocketed because people don't know each other. They're coexisting as parents. They're coexisting as business leaders or entrepreneurs. Both my husband and I are both entrepreneurs. So that's a whole nother kit and caboodle. Mm. And so we make goals. We make goals to not only have date night every week, um, but also when we enter into a room, our husband, our spouse, our, our significant other, him or I get first dibs on kisses, first dibs oh, on hugs, first dibs on yeah. eyesight um, to let our children know that they're not the priority, that our, our marriage is, and that they wouldn't be as happy and safe as they are and secure unless we are happy and safe. So heart, then home, and then it goes to health. Uh, and this is where your physical and mental and emotional space is so necessary for cultivating. We know that we can't pour out of an empty cup, right? That We have to work off of overflow. And so how do you get your first source of overflow is from your conduit of your uh, God. Your second conduit is those who are around you and your energy source. And that's my husband and my children. And then it comes from me. And if I am depleted in that day, I know I'm going to get an abundance from those other two sources. And so prioritizing your health is so, so critical for you then to do what is the next component of that. And that's the going out and serving, right? Whatever capacity that you have to go out, walk out of your house today, in some way, shape or form, you're going to have to give. And so I believe we're innately givers. We're innately servants. 
And that's why we have a job. We're going and we're serving someone else with our gifts and our talents, but are you loving what you're doing, right? That's a, another component of purpose that we could unpack. Um, and so it's head, the last part of the health piece is head. So it's heart, home, health, head, right? Because we know when we walk out that door, the enemy is going to attack. You're going to be attacked with mom guilt because you're not there with your kids on the time that you're putting in the extra hours. You're going to be attacked with imposter syndrome. You're not even able to do that. Are you even capable of that? You don't have a a degree in that. Why are you speaking to that? Do you even have the ability? Are you even called into that space? Are you worthy, right? All these questions of self-hatred and self-loathing and lies that the enemy is telling us. So through the heart, um, through the health piece, mental health is a huge passion point of mine, um, helping people unlock and release that therapy is uh, a critical part of humanity and to lean into it. And then lastly is the handbag. So all of that has to be intact for you to have an abundant, prosperous life that is not of greed, but of service to others. And so I believe in the prosperity promise that God has for us, but I do believe that it takes alignment vertically before we can horizontally give or receive. I hope people are like writing notes because that those were those were like really, really incredible, incredible points. And I think it was super, super helpful. I wanted to kind of pivot towards social media a little bit and how showing up. And I know I see you showing up consistently and with in, incredible, incredible content. And you could feel your soul in your messaging. So, but when you are, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you deal with it, you could possibly deal with burnout when you're doing this consistently. So maybe go through that. Like, have you gone through burnout? And if you have, like, what kind of tips could you give to those that deal with it every day? (laughs) Yeah, a thousand percent. So I would say that my ultimate burnout, I call it my quarter life crisis was what I was mentioning earlier that was the burnout of all burnouts. I mean, three years, y'all. That was a three-year recoup. Uh, and so I just want people so desperately to stay in that space of joy, which is why I initially always train from that. I have so many coaching clients that come in with a great idea. They come in with a, I want to start this business or I want to grow this business to this next level. I'm super excited to serve them, but I can very quickly get to the root of if it's going to be successful or not based on that 5H model that I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. that joy zone, Um, based on where their headspace is, based on how their relationships are, uh, based on what their energy output and input are like. And so I have to lead by example. And I have two long days in the office, Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm here sun up to sundown. I know that I'm not going to be able to tuck my kids in to bed at night those nights. Um, And yes, I miss them. And yes, I want to be there every single night, but I've made this uh, a part of my priority and they know my purpose within it. So if you ask my kids what I do, um, they're going to say that I either speak and teach people about the Bible, which I think is the cutest thing ever because I never told them that. Um, And then the other one has started recently saying mom is an entrepreneur. And I think that that is really, really amazing that at the ripe age of six years old, she knows what that is and she knows how much joy it brings me. And so if I can be the example to let my children know that they don't have to go to a cookie cutter college experience and then go right into a job 
that they're going to one day loathe um, and jump, jump placement to placement, but that they can be the creator. Like mm. we're created by a creator and therefore we have the ability to create our destiny and uh, co-create our destiny, we should say, um, because I've tried to control it. So with burnout, making sure that that health, that heart, all of those spaces are being touched on a daily basis. I know the days that I have not touched one of them mm-hmm. and I sense it through and through. I'm like, why am I out of whack? What do I need my cup filled with today? Oh, I haven't worked out. Ugh, my energy is crap. Oh, I haven't drank my water. Oh, I've been taking in the wrong food, right? And those are simple things. But then there's also the knowing that a human needs 12 hugs a day to self-regulate their body emotionally. 12 I don't know about you, but when you walk into your office setting, you're probably not getting a lot of hugs. Right. Or are you like me? And I have curated a space that is also like home when I come to these places. And so the people that are on my team are family and friends that I love dearly, that I can hug and I can rest and I can be just as much as I am doing things. And so constantly making sure that the choices you're making and the influence that's being made on you are healthy. Um, and so are you in an environment that's actually knocking you down every time you there, you're there? Are you surrounding yourself with people who actually truly aren't believing in the wholeness of who you are? Wholeness is not just the one hat that you wear to work. Your, your boss should be like the examples that we hear about on Clubhouse so often who know what your personal goals are just as much as your professional goals, that know what your kids' names are and what they're in need of or what sports they're playing right now so that When I come into the office and I've had a hard morning or I looked rushed or frazzled, they they know what that's coming from. Mm -hmm. It's not a confusing point to them. I recently heard a gal who who just launched a new book called Relatable, which is a phenomenal. Rachel D'Alto is her name. Mm -hmm. I would highly suggest you grab it. She shared at the conference, she was sharing about how she hid for two years that she was a mom. Hid her child. They had no idea that she was a mom. And two years in, she had to confess why something she couldn't work as a lawyer as long of hours as everybody else who was becoming partners. And she was just like, I I give, I give, I, I can't do it. I have a child. They need this. And they're like, what? And instead of like what you would imagine humans being like understandable, empathetic, that's great. You're a mom. They were actually really hurt and it broke a lot of trust and they were confused. And so there was little white lies that ended up being a really big lie. And so are you allowing people who are lying to you or are you lying to yourself that this is okay? This is good enough. This is the pace I can handle for a long time. Um, I have a team who supports my social media and I am incredibly indebted to them. They're incredible um, in developing my brand. They know my brand voice through and through because they're some of my best friends. And um, I could not do it without them. And I know how real burnout is. And so I just really encourage that people take the time blocking to the next degree, the nth degree, and put yourself inside of those time blocks. Um, Alone time, uh, Mm -hmm. time that you're in nature grounding, time that you are just with your family unplugged, time where you're investing in yourself for further education and development of those personal health pieces off of Clubhouse, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Understanding that there's a lot of deposits that are made every single day and you actually are in control of what they sound like, what they look like, who they are. And for so long, I didn't know that I had control in those things. I just accepted it as what was, and it crippled me. 
So, I mean, that's great. Yeah, I, I, I think like a good, uh, another good example that I heard was like, if you're watering a plant, right. And you're consistently watering plants and then it's time for you to take a drink and there's no more water in there. So no, I, I loved all of that. And usually I like to ask this question, but I know you already wrote a couple of books. So I usually like to ask like, what the, would the title of your book be? But kind of, sh- <laughs> well, well, I will tell you the one that's coming out. It's okay, coming out right. Friday, so I'm super excited <laughs> about that. I don't know when your show is going to launch officially, but October 1st it will be out, and it's called "Always Becoming: Sex, Shame, and Love." So it's a bit racy. You'll get to hear the details of that crash and burn that I was telling you about, but you'll also get to hear the root cause of that crash and burn and every little thing that happened in between. Um, But the reason I'm writing it is not to tell you my story, but to help unlock yours and to help women specifically. I know there will be men that read it um, with intrigue as well, but help women unlock the the greatness that they are, the beauty that they are, and stop allowing the world to define who they are as a female, who they are as a mom, who they are as a wife, um, and carrying the shame that is associated to so many trials and tribulations that we've faced as a female population. And understanding for the first time that even the love of your marriage is not the fullness of the love that you need. Mm. I can't wait for that book to come out. <laughs> and there are two, so your two other books, because those those are out. So yes, they name, are out. Yeah. I'd love for people to get their hands on them. One is still in the presale, actually. So you can get it for 99 cents and it parallels with $1,500 of incredible resources from the anthology of women that have been brought together. And that's called the Female Entrepreneur Playbook. And what we did in that, which is so fun, it's basically a series of nine to 12 questions that each of the 22 authors were asked. And we answered them based on our experience. And so same question, a bunch of different answers. It creates a robust response for you then to activate from with real life insight. And I I love it so much. It was so fun to write. I actually got to talk about the joy zone in that. Um, so you'll get to hear a bit more about that. And I have a devotional that goes along with that as well, if, you're, if your community wants it. And then the other one is where I first um, did my first anthology, which came out May of 2020. We did not know it was going to parallel to the pandemic at all, but we're so glad that it did um, because we know that it served as a tool for um, freedom for women. And so that was all about um, She Writes Stories of Resilient Faith is the name of it. And there was different chapters um, or different, I should say, um, uh, how do you say, uh, titles and then subtitles, I guess is really how I could say it. There are different <laughs> themes is what I want to say. Themes that then had different chapters under them. And the themes were things like shame, um, abuse, uh, emotional uh, dehydration, uh, anxiety, depression, suicide, all of these different pieces that we talk about on a regular basis. And then women were going down and sharing bits of their story. So that was the first time that I unlocked um, my my testimony, my tiny bits of my testimony in the chapter that I was in. And it feels kind of like it does now. I, I feel like I would just want to throw up all the time I think about it. I and when gonna, I see the launch coming out, I'm like, oh. Well, I'm I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, isn't it? I mean, I'm... I'm single. I've never had a baby, but like, isn't it like birthing a child? <laughs> like it once, it's, once it's um, out, it's like, oh my God, like, what does that feel? What does the whole process feel like? 
it feels like every emotion in a, in a magic pill. <laughs> and because I do have, and I literally just posted about this this morning, I, I have the really huge highs, the the gratefulness of everybody who's been a part of the story, the healing story, um, the the nerves of what will people will think, even though I am I'm a tired people pleaser, right? And mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter what they think, but it doesn't mean that I'm not human. I still think about it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody else is going to read this. Um, I want to throw up because I feel like. It's an enemy attack at every given corner when I was writing this book and and I didn't think that I needed to release it. I was like, I think it's just for me after I was done. That's (laughs) what I should have felt. I was like, I just wrote it for me for three years. (laughs) And my editor was like, absolutely not. I will self-publish this thing myself if you say that because it affected her life. It affected the other editor's life. It has affected so many women in the course of my sharing um, and but vulnerability, just like Brene says, is is mm-hmm. hard. It's hard, hard work, and it takes fierce, brave courage. And I don't think I've ever had those words spoken over me that I was courageous. But I am owning them as I release this book, as, as you should, as you should. And those me- those messages that come in saying how much it helped is what it's all worth, right? Like. That's what it's all about. It is. It is. And, you know, I got to utilize this testimony to take women on retreats. And so I do this from a personal, not a professional perspective. I have professional retreats as well. But the personal ones are absolutely the the life-changing I wake up for moments where these women have experienced my testimony firsthand and I've taken them out of their environments, their safe zones, if you will, their comfort zones. And I've taken them out of the boat and helped them walk through some of their own healing that a lot of them didn't even know they needed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I feel like it, this book is a movement towards sisterhood and truly understanding as a female what we walk through and being able to say me too, but in a lot of different ways, not right. the me too movement, though that is a part of my story as well. So very interesting. Well, I appreciate you so much. And I'm going to put everything in the show notes, but just for my listeners, how can they reach out to you? Because I'm sure they're going to want to Slide yeah, into your DMs. Please. I would love to. I would love to chat with people firsthand. If you're in that faith journey, or you're really not sure what that looks like, I pray with people via DM and Instagram, so you can send me that. Um, but I'll also just let you be on the journey uh, because I do believe that that's timing, that prodigal experience, and that understanding and uncovering is. It's everybody's time. And while mine was midlife um, or or quarter life, not midlife, there's a lot of women that I uh, walk alongside that are in their 50s and 60s. And they're looking back, like you said, and they're saying, how come I don't have that? What am I missing? And so if you feel like you're missing a joy element to your life or the overflow, uh, that is something I'm really passionate about. So Instagram is where I hang out. Clubhouse, you'll hear me a lot more. But I also have the Fit and Faith podcast, and that's been live for three years. I do that all in interview style, similar to Danielle, um, with some incredible people, leaders, pastors, founders, innovators, and trailblazers. And we talk about our messy comeback stories to our versions of success, not what the world says it is. 
And you had did you had a course coming out or something or not? I did. Yeah, I so just share- launched a newly launched the Roots and Wings course, which I talked a lot about in this show, purpose and how do you discover your purpose and how do you actually activate your God dream thereafter? Because a lot of people are either I don't know what purpose is and they need to unpack that, or they've discovered their purpose, but they don't know how to serve from that place. And so helping people uh, set a foundation to be able to do that. Amazing. Amazing. Again, Tamara, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. I truly appreciate you and this newfound friendship that I have with you. But if you guys like this episode, please tag us, share it on your Instagram. We'll, we'll send some love your way, but thank you so much, Tamara. I appreciate you. So excited. Nice to meet you guys. Thanks for having me. 